Shh. His beard's just waking up. This little man's beard will run a marathon. Who, me? Yeah, dude. His beard will be the best bearded state one day. What? What? <laughs> oh, yeah. He will totally win the Beard City Tournament. For what? Your beard, dude. Look. All these beards are thanks to Pixel Beards. They're a beard company for the nerd. They sell beard products, body care, and like anything else, dude. Like, the beard company for me and you. <laughs> Listen, when everyone pushes their limits, <laughs> your beard lives to its full potential. <laughs> All right. Dude, this is a little kid's talent show. What even are you? I'm Stone Hogan. Oh, and I almost forgot. Use promo code TBR1 to get 20% off your first purchase. Ha <laughs> Alright. And, uh, <laughs> I better go. Hey, folks, this is the guy, Chad. You can catch us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Potomac, and more to come. You can catch us every Wednesday. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. And stay healed, baby. Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Turnbuckle Report. I'm your host, Leland. With me tonight, the guy, Chad. What's up, brother? Hey, man. How's it going tonight? Uh, I got to tell you, uh, before we started, okay. I, I couldn't couldn't help myself, man. I had to giggle a little bit. I heard you over there. I heard your little son, mm-hmm. Jesse, came in the room. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. was like, hey, hey, Dad, what are you doing? And you're like, get ready to record an episode. Get, get out of here. But don't you want to mm-hmm. bite on my Whopper? Yes, I want to fucking bite your Whopper. <laughs> <laughs> Whopper with cheese, baby. I can't stop myself. That you know, I am a man of a little larger content, and uh, I can't stop myself. You bring a Whopper with cheese in front of me, I can't stop. I couldn't believe that you're trying to kick the dude out. He offers you yeah. a Whopper, and you're like, "All right, time out. I'm just time out. I'll go ahead and take that bite, but then get the hell out." <laughs> exactly. And I'm washing it down right now with a what is this right here? A little taste of home for you there, Chadwick. What do you got? I got a Breckenridge Brewery Vanilla Porter. Oh my from gosh. Breckenridge, Colorado. Dude, they sell those out here in Wisconsin, by the way. Uh and uh Ooh, do they? Yeah. So um during the winters when it's cold outside, I actually do pick up a six pack of that and I enjoy it. Like it doesn't last. You know, I'm, no. I'm, it's in and out of my fridge quickly because they're just tasty as hell. Uh, but yeah, I, they're a little, they're a little stronger than a, uh, a normal Coors Light, man. So I'm, I'm, I might be hitting that buzz a little faster tonight. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, my little daughter in the background there. And for me today, <laughs> I have a wine. I'm drinking some wine. I'm actually, uh, they're called a Stella Rosa Black. It's a little bit of a Ooh. sweet wine. It's not. You know, it's not something I normally go for, the sweet wines. I'm usually yeah, okay. more for, you know, the the not a bitter, but a dry. But this sweet mm-hmm. Stella Rosa is really good. And I'm not normally a wine guy. You know me. I, I'm always bringing the beer. Usually you beer and Josh, man. you guys do the, mm-hmm. the seltzers or something or uh, mm-hmm. 
or, yeah, or so kayfabe good. cocktail. And and I'm always sitting over here, you know, pounding down a blue moon or a uh, whatever, whatever beers in the fridge, you know, but tonight I'm doing some wine, changing things doing up, the, uh, just like our theme the song. Barley and hops. Right. Oh well, man. What'd you think of that right theme now. song, man? We just laid down the night. I'll give that two whoos whoo, and a hand clap, baby. Ooh. Man, I love that new theme song. It pumped me up. It gets me jacked. Oh, yeah. I love it, man. I, yep. I just love doing our shows. That That's really what it comes down to. I love getting on the mic. I'm like hounding you 10, 15 minutes before we're even ready on the mic. Like, hey, buddy. Hey, any chance you're ready to do this? And while <laughs> I have a life. Oh, that's okay. Can you put that on hold? Because I'm ready. I'm ready, buddy. My kitchen's that's on fire. Feeling, I got a grease fire. Well, can you just let it burn down and get on the mic? I mean, seriously, don't you have insurance, you stupid? Get on the microphone. <laughs> you can just get it rebuilt. Turnbuckle ports just once in a lifetime. <laughs> once in a lifetime or every Wednesday. Catch us on Spotify, <laughs> Google Play, iTunes, or any other platform you listen to your podcast. And if you have a beard, don't forget about Pixel Beards. Pixelbeards.com. That's right. Use that promo code. What's that promo code? TBR. TBR1. And that's going to get you 20% off on your first order. And I'm telling you, I don a beard. If anybody, you know, our listeners, our followers that are following us on Facebook, you saw a picture of me yesterday getting ready for revolution. Oh, you saw the beautiful solid, beard. Solid picture. That beard is only maintained the level of beauty and strength by pixelbeards.com. Get over there. Use TBR1, 20% off on your first order. Mm. Mm-mm. Then we had our elevator music in the background once again. I love it. Do, do, love do, do, it. Do, do, do. I feel like you're Frazier tonight. You're sipping the wine. That just it kind of throws me a little bit. I mean, are you going to be done with that and grab a beer here soon or what? Uh, if, if Josh was on the recording, I feel like undoubtedly, you know, it'd be a little more sophisticated. Yeah, a little more slurred. That's right. I mean, you know, and in speaking of your roots, so... We've talked about it a little bit, and we're drifting into a new adventure. Um, folks, here soon, I don't know when it's going to happen, but here soon, we're going we're gonna to dawn um, maybe one of our, you know, our second interview, and I'm kind of excited about this. It's uh, We're going to be interviewing uh, my brother, so shout out, Trace. What's up, bro? Um, but you know what? <sighs> He'll get a laugh out of this. He, he is the quintessential redneck, and I just... I got to give him props. He got me into wrestling. Wait, took wait, me to my wait, first wait. Is, he, is he listening right now? You think? Oh, I guarantee he's listening. Okay, I mean, continue. This, uh, he's like he's like one of our biggest I fans I haven't ever. seen Tracy since I was a wee lad, uh, probably mm-hmm. in high school maybe. So it's been some years. So it'll be kind of fun to have him on the mic. Yeah, it's going to be fun. He's excited. I told him, let's talk about your Mount Rushmore. And uh, man, he's 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 digging deep. And that's tough for him with all the with all the beer drinking and NASCAR watching. It's, it's tough for him to dig that deep. <laughs> Not to make another left fun. turn. That's right. Another keep, left. Left. keep left. You got this, man. Keep left. <laughs> keep left. This guy calls me. Let me tell you. Okay, I'm just going to side handle here. He calls me and he's like, hey, buddy, let me tell you something. You watching the Daytona 500? I said, no, you know, I don't like NASCAR. I'm not watching the Daytona 500. And he's like, well, you should be because you got Seamus in the, in the, whatever. The, what's the front car called? Uh, I don't know. The pace car? Pace car, yeah. He's like, yeah, Seamus in the pace car. So they're crossing the two great American things together, wrestling and uh, NASCAR. So that's just a little glimpse. I mean, I'm probably characterizing it a little bit too much, but um, he's like, he's Mr. Redneck, and I'm I'm pretty pumped to have him on the show. You know, that kind of segues into another subject. Um, Not to jump from one, one spectrum to the other, because, you know, you got your NASCAR 
But <clears throat> you know I've talked about this guy quite a bit, and I wanted to get your take on this. So I wanted to ask you before we get before we dive in to what mm-hmm. we do best and put things over. I hey yo. I don't feel like this gentleman needs to be put over. I feel like right now this guy is riding on a high kite. Like he's he's reaching levels right now in his Twitch uh, stream that we at the Turnbuckle Report can only wish to grab right now. Like this this man is like transcending uh, this genre with with podcasting, with live video streaming. Um, I mean, he's kind of setting the bar, if you will. So, uh, in a way, I kind of feel like he's our competition, just even bringing him up. But uh, the name, Doctor Disrespect. Okay, mm-hmm. now, you know I've yep. talked about him because I enjoy watching his stream. I- I'm not yep. a big gamer, but I'm really into characters. And this man has probably one of the most. I don't. It's like a WWE character on a stream. He's he's kind of a heel. Like, uh, people get mad at him because he he talks shit while he's getting donations. Like, I don't know how he pulls it off. Somebody's like, oh, that guy called me an idiot. I'm going to give him a $500 donation. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's how Dr. D lives his life, apparently. He calls people fuckheads, and they give him money. Anyways, he had The Undertaker on his live stream. Can you believe this? And the, the, the end was the live stream was them both about to put each other into a choke slam. I've been watching Dr. D for a while. Yeah, it's crazy. About almost a year. And I have never, never, never seen any association to WWE. Is it fair to say that our podcast, he figured us out, he knows I watch, and now he's thinking of, of blocking us a little bit, trying to trying to put us back in our lane? What, what, what do you think, man? Like, he had The Undertaker. Nah, I'm shooting a little high here, but still, yeah. he had The Undertaker on his, on his stream. What, what, do you, what do you think about The Undertaker doing something like that? Do you think he, he's doing it for himself, or is he trying to put Dr. D over a little more? No, man, I think... Uh... I think they're seeing this success with, you know, that Conrad Thompson's having with all getting a lot of these legends to do, um, to do podcasting. Like, you know, you got Jr. and Arn Anderson and these guys. Right. Um, I think that these more matured wrestlers that are kind of thinking about that second phase of their career, which is insane that we say that about the undertaker because he's been wrestling for like 30 years and he's still going. Right. Um, but I think they're looking into that going this, you know, this might be a legitimate field for them to move into and maybe create some revenue stream. And as far as Dr. D getting into, into our field, I'm totally cool with that because he's ultimately just going to give us the rub. So I'm fine with that. I'm totally cool with that. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to collaborate and do some shows with him. So I think that'd be awesome. I'd love to, I feel, I feel like right now he's way up there and we're kind of, we're kind of down here, but folks, the more you keep listening, the more you keep following us on Facebook, Twitter. That's right. Keep pushing That's right. us. Keep listening to us. I want, I want to taste what Doctor D tastes, man. It must taste. It's called G Fuel. It must taste like G Fuel. <laughs> <laughs> it's G Fuel. That's all he's tasting. It's G Fuel. It's yeah. his Doctor D brand G Fuel that G Fuel that makes you shit green. I love it. Absolutely. I love it. And you know the thing is, we and everybody listens. That everybody that listens to the show is going to back on this. We have a great show. I can't put us over enough. I love what we do. And I think that our enthusiasm for what we do and, and the little characters we do and talking about wrestling, I think that all that comes through the microphone each and every week. Um, if it didn't, we wouldn't continue to grow the way we are. And, and just a quick shout out to our fans. Thank you so much for subscribing. Continue to subscribe. Continue to hit that follow and follow us on all of our platforms. And uh, and we'll just gain more traction because uh, we're here for the long haul, baby. Yep. Yep. 
So let's get into it, man. So I'm ready. Well, I want to talk about the long haul. I want to talk about who's been around for a while, and we keep seeing this guy popping up. Once again, Thursday, I guess midday, in Saudi Arabia, we see Goldberg come back. And uh, wouldn't you know it, as we predicted, Goldberg is your new, as I've deemed it, Blue Ranger champion as the Universal Champion. Let's be clear, it wasn't Gilbert. It's Goldberg. It wasn't Gilbert. No, it was Goldberg. It was Goldberg. Uh, he's uh, he's your new Blue Ranger champion, and um, you know, yeah, it's a total squash match. I don't understand. You know, okay, let me back up. I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, I think you're going a little too fast. Getting ahead of myself. About as fast let as me, that match me, was. Slow down. Let me take a swig here. Let me take a swig. Okay, I'm back at it. Now, I predicted that, and I boldly predicted that the fiend would drop that belt in Saudi Arabia. You did. Okay. You heard and it here first. I'm, I'm happy that my prediction was valid, and uh, that felt great. However. Leland, can we do, before you even go that far, can we rewind back almost a month ago? So let's go. And Chad said, the guy said, he said, hey, hey, big dog, Goldberg is still out there. And he said, mm-hmm. don't even mm-hmm. get me started with that. There's so many reasons why we don't want that. So now let's fast forward. <laughs> now we're back. Yep. Present day. Go ahead. Present day. Mm-hmm. Bring us in. Yeah, we're back. So Goldberg is uh, your new universe champion, and he squashed the fiend. <sighs> I just, I don't get it. Like, okay, my thinking was you got to take the strap off of the fiend because you're holding that, that strap alone. The universal title is holding down the character. So you got to take the strap off him and let him be this horrific uh, character that, that he's meant to be. Yep. But you don't squash him in the freaking in the middle of it. You don't squash him. What did it do to have Goldberg come out and roll him up in a four minute match? Nothing. It did nothing for the character. I mean, you got the belt off of him, good for you, but now you buried the damn character because four spears, and all of a sudden Goldberg's coming out with the spears as his first move. He didn't even get a, a, a chop in, which I, I know, don't blast me too hard. I know Goldberg's not your technically sound wrestler. Never But you been. would think that he would at least get some work in before he goes into spears. I think I think the minute he started going after these four spears, Bray Wyatt's like, just, just pin me already. Just I know what's going to happen. Just pin me already. I'm done because you could see the enthusiasm just kind of suck out of the out of the match right. and then turn the crowd. If you watch that um, match, I always love watching the people in the front row to see what the reactions are. And half them Saudi Arabians are like looking at their phone. It's like everybody knew it was, knew it was going down. Yeah. And it just very underwhelming. Too bad. And then we, we fast forward to we fast forward to uh, to Smackdown. And you see Goldberg come out with the title. This is your new champion. And to give Dogcast Man, to give Josh some plugs here, this is why he was right. Why you don't want to see him with the belt. Because Goldberg comes walking in and nobody cares. It's silent. All on SmackDown? Yeah, the next night. The the first time in his career he didn't pop the crowd. Right. Interestingly enough, who popped the crowd? Roman Reigns. Roman Roman thought? Reigns. And you know what's crazy about that? You kind of look at the fans in, the, in there, and um, 
you know, you start thinking about that for a second, right? Uh, it, it almost felt like those fans were kind of like, they see him coming out and some fans were kind of confused, like, I, I don't, I normally boo this guy, but yeah, like they're just like anybody. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. <laughs> like, oh my God, I hate Goldberg, so I guess I don't have a choice. How do you like Vince McMahon now or whoever the creative person was in charge of trying to put Roman over for the last 10 years? Finally got their wish. Finally got it. And it took fucking Goldberg to do it. That is the most insane part about all of this. Who would have thought it took Goldberg to create heat by pinning the fiend to put Roman over? Like, and ultimately. Yeah, we, but let me say something, Chad. It, are, you exci- are you excited for that match at WrestleMania? None I'm not. Whatsoever. Like, I will, I will probably like the Saudi Arabians dur- during the uh, the match between the Fiend and yep. Gil- Gil- Goldberg, and uh, Goldberg, and be on my phone as well during that match because yeah. it's going to be two men who have no technical sound wrestling, who both use the spear as their finishing move. Um, the only difference is, is one's got a jackhammer, one's got a Superman punch, like. Otherwise, it's it's pretty much the same guy wrestling the same guy. It's it's the same the two same dudes in the ring. Like there's nothing, there's no way to distinguish the two other than one has hair and doesn't. It's about it. I mean, it's, it's a so waste we know of time. Roman's going over in that match. What where are they putting this on the card? I would think if they were smart, um, we would probably put the <laughs> women's sorry. match as your main event because that'll probably be. Uh, Shayna, uh, not Shayna Baszler. I'm sorry, because well, I, I'm already saying Shayna Baszler ahead of Elimination Chamber, um, unless WWE's dumpster fire figures out a way to really fuck that up. Um, and then, so I'm thinking um, Charlotte Flair, and uh, why is her? Why am I? Why am I? I could tell you that girl's name any other day of the week, but whenever you put this, oh, Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, you get Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley as as your main event. It has to be because it's NXT. You're putting them over Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair, in my opinion, right now, if we were, if this was, if this was December 31st and we were getting ready to say 2020, as of right now, John Moxley and Charlotte Flair right there, right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd put Charlotte at the end. I put uh, your opening match is Brock, and you put these this Universal match somewhere in the middle. Just get it over with. That's my opinion. See, that's what I'm. That that's going to be the difficulty. Is where do you put this match? Because it's it's not going to be your They're first match. Pack it's not going to card too. You got John Cena yeah. on there with the Fiend now. It's just, your it's, first match in any pay per view is supposed to get the crowd going. It's going to supposed to get them on their feet and get them hyped for the rest of the card. Right. Um. No way, shape, or form is Goldberg, Roman Reigns going to be able to pull that off. Nope. Maybe the tag got, team match. Maybe with uh, you know, the Monday Night Bullshit Messiah and whoever their tag team you know going against. That is Seth Rollins you speaketh of it. Private party, whoever they're going against. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. The motherfucking faction, man. Uh, Say hello to your mother for me. That's right. I don't know, man. I'm just... <sighs> just stay on these lines. You know, we, we've, we're, here's, we know where Goldberg's going, okay? You sound sad. You found, I do sound sad because you know how much I freaking love The Fiend. I love this new character of Bray Wyatt. And if you stuck around to the end of of SmackDown, you know, to see John Cena come back, which by the way, we want to talk about crowd pop. Oh, he got it. There wasn't pop. one person screaming Cena sucks. Not and one. anybody that lived through that ruthless aggression era, that kind of makes you laugh because I was a Cena sucks guy. I was screaming that while my wife was screaming. Oh my God. Cena. Yeah. We're, we, so, were, we would be sitting in your living room. 
uh-huh. or Buffalo Wild Wings, name it, wherever we were to watch WrestleMania at the time. Uh, yep. Especially during the one when he was going up against Shawn Michaels. That that I can tell you, both of us, we were very much on the uh, Cena sucks train. Because <laughs> in oh, those yeah. days, nobody, Absolutely. in our opinion, was over more than Shawn Michaels at that time, the HBK days. Um, but yeah, I feel like the Ruthless Aggression documentary coming out around the time just before WrestleMania, I think really helped John Cena in this case. Because I told you this in text. I said... Um, Doctor of Thugonomics, if he had stayed in that kind of that that lane with that character, I might have actually liked John Cena. But the fact that he the PG era took over and John Cena kind of evolved with PG and became this PG character and the Doctor of Thugonomics disappeared. That was the John Cena I learned about because uh, it's no secret. I've said this many times on this podcast when the NWO was killing the WCW and WWE bought it out. I was one of the fans that caused those viewerships to drop because I there was for me it was like well what's left, and I regret that because I found out through this documentary the ruthless aggression era was damn near almost as good as the attitude era like they were pretty they're they're head to head like they're neck and neck right so I kind of regret that and I got to miss out on what was a really good John Cena character but you're right man that crowd pop yeah probably because of Doctor Thugonomics not because of the PG John Cena that's that's what that pop in my yeah came I mean see. So you- you see Cena come out and he's getting an amazing crowd pop. And we find out that uh, his task, you know, fill in the blank. If you go back Royal Rumble time on our show, um, we were leaking the wrestle, the potential WrestleMania card. Right. And one of the biggest conversations we had was who was going to face John Cena. Well, now we know that's going to be uh, the fiend Bray Wyatt. I thought it was going to be Goldberg. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so we got we have we have the fiend come out. Which was very uncharacteristic. Um, did they didn't even shut the lights out all the time? claw him at all? Yeah, no. And here's my problem with this. And the the first thing I I, I said when Cena when Cena turns and looks at the fiend, he doesn't look scared at all. So what does that tell me? Goldberg wasn't scared at all. Cena not scared at all. He's gonna bury the fiend. You heard it here first, folks. After WrestleMania, I feel like the fiend goes away. It sucks. And, and maybe it's. And I hate saying that. I hate saying it because I think this is a very over character, but this creative is burying this character to the point of Papa Shango. Let's go into. Um, let, let's let's table that. Let's go into AEW. OK, let's go into Revolution. And the reason I'm doing that, and there's a good reason behind this, because we're going to come back to the fiend. OK, that card on Revolution was so exciting was so fucking good, man. I will say this, and I just want to get this out of the way right now so we can move on and come back to The Fiend. Um, there was too much spot fest with that uh, Hangman Page, Omega, and the Bucks match. Too many kickouts. Too many. Yep. And at some point, that ruined the match for me. Now, I understand the crowd. I was watching the crowd. They were really excited. Everybody was saying that was the match of the year. And I'm sorry, folks. I really hope we don't lose listeners for this. It was not. And it was not the match of the night. The Cody MJF was the match of the night. That Bucks versus yep. Omega Hangman page, when you kick out of that many finishers, that is what's wrong with The Fiend. You are burying what makes wrestling storytelling so great. Because now finishers don't mean shit anymore. And there is no more story in the ring anymore. I feel like they were trying to push the story. But the problem when I when that, when that was over, I couldn't tell who was going heel. I can't tell why Omega followed out Hangman. 
you, you've done so many kickouts. You, you've told no story. I have no idea what the fuck is going on with these guys. Nothing. I, I'm I'm left baffled. Like, no, I totally agree. I totally what agree. Happened? I this tag match um, started out amazing. By the way, it was pro. It was it yeah. had the potential to be the match of the year. Don't get me wrong. It was there, but it, I it, it went away. It went away. You know what I don't like about the spot fest is the no sell that comes with that. And we've talked about this before. We talked about it in our last episode that nobody respects a finisher anymore. They and, and interestingly enough, AEW when they show when they bring a wrestler out, they're showing like a biography on the side, right? Right. And they're saying like how much they weigh and what their record is, and it always says what their finisher is. And if you listen, pay attention. If you listen to commentary, Jr. and Excalibur are especially Excalibur is very quick to set up that for you when, oh boy, they're going into their, they're going in their finisher or whatever, you know, fill in the blank on that. And then they do. Well, stop calling it a finisher because nobody in AEW has been finished by a fucking finisher yet. Not yet. So stop calling him a finisher. And I get it. I wrote a note here and I think I even said this to you in text last night. Maybe I'm just a cadre old man. It, it, that's very possible, folks. It's very possible. But Stop calling it a finisher. I'm not going to the circus. I'm going to pro wrestling. I enjoy seeing pro wrestling. And part of that is storytelling. I will not and cannot say that that tag match last night was even close to being the match of the year in even AEW, let alone all of pro wrestling. Right. I can't even say that it was the best match on the card because in my opinion, it wasn't. Was it's not. too much. At the end of the match, okay, and I'm not trying to spoil it, but you know, if you haven't watched a revolution yet or even seen a spoiler, spoiler alert. Hangman Omega rate they retain. And then you see at the end, oh man, they're gonna start telling some story here. What's Omega doing? Or no, I'm sorry, what's Hangman doing? Is he gonna turn on Omega? He sets himself up, he locks the wrist, he's getting ready to jump over and, and do that flippy flip, hey, you know, uh uh clothesline thing he does. Nope. And then no, he opens the ring, swigs a beer with him, and walks out. So where are we going now? Now they're friends again because they won them. I don't understand what's happening here. Now I'm still intrigued. I'm not burying it. I'm still intrigued. I still want to see what's going to happen. Because I still feel like there's going to be a Hangman Omega feud at some point in the near future. They just didn't start it last night when everybody was expecting him to. I thought the Bucks were turning heel. You see, see Matt I Jackson kind of going heel. You said that because I, I can't see the Bucks ever going heel. But they can't. can't see it. Not right now. But I thought during the match that was where the story was going with all these kickouts. I was like, oh, so the Bucks are going heel. No. Yeah. When the Bucks didn't win the fucking belts, they didn't attack Omega or Hangman. They didn't do anything. They just the only way went, you're gonna convince away. me that the Bucks are gonna go heel is you they AEW needs to be a viable program for another five to six years. And the reason I say that, telling me right now that the the Bucks are going heel is like me sitting in 1992 and you're telling me Hogan's going heel. No, nope, oh, yeah. there's no way I'm going to believe that. But now five years later, Hogan went heel. Right. So I believe it, but it's got to wait a while. Right now, no way. There's no way they're going to shoot themselves in the foot right now. AEW, come on, Chad. AEW does not have a lack of good heels. They have some of the best heels in the business. Oh, yeah. What they need to do is have these heels create baby faces which I think they're on the road to. However, a baby face has to have a finisher that fucking finishes somebody. Has to. Period. Yep. When the leg drop, when Hogan dropped the leg, one, two, three. Right. When Warrior pressed you, one, two, three. When Sting splashed you, one, two, three. 
Name a heat, name a freaking baby face out there that had a finisher get kicked out of and was credible. I I'll mean, take, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll watch the clock while you go ahead and think. You know, honestly, I think that started changing at the end of the attitude era going into ruthless aggression. I started seeing more kickouts. Like, you know what, you know what, you know what shocked me the first time I ever seen a finisher get kicked out is when I seen the rock kick out of a stunner and I yeah. almost lost and that my was shit. Monumental. I almost lost it. I was like, no way did the rock just kick out of a stunner at WrestleMania. This is insane. I think the entire crowd lost their shit that night too. Nobody, that wasn't happening at the time. Nobody was kicking out of finishers and nobody was kicking out of the stunner. So to see the rock kick out of the stunner and then the rock put a rock bottom on Stone Cold and the Stone Cold kick out of a rock bottom, that was insane in those days. Today, you don't get that kind of reaction anymore because it's so common. It's so common. And it's unfortunate. So let me, let me, let me, let me, let me jump in. In the tag match, it, it, we're we're totally we're totally shitting on the fact that they kept kicking out of their finishers, correct? Right. That and I and I hate to stay on that. But you yes. had texted me during the MJF Cody match when Cody kicked out. Right. And you said that makes sense. Why did you say that to me? Because they were telling a story in the ring, a story that actually was was coherent. Where in the Omega, uh, the Omega Bucks match with uh, Hangman Page, nothing made sense. The build wasn't there. There was no real build. They had some backstage things that they did, kind of showing. The, the whole thing that it looked like was happening was Hangman was going heel. But during the match, none of that was happening. I could not stay with what they were doing. None of it made sense. There was no story. A lot of damn good wrestling. A lot of damn good tag team. Too much, too many kicking out of, out of finishers. And there was no fucking story. You fast forward to MJF and Cody. They're telling a story. They're both, they both don't want to lose that match. You could see it. They, they've built that up. Uh, MJF doesn't want to look like a fucking idiot and Cody can't lose to MJF because he's humiliated the shit out of him. Neither one of these men could afford to lose. So when he kicked out to me, I was like, that is okay because that's part of the story. That makes sense. These men are laying it out there. We hate MJF, but he needs to win this to get the credibility that he's trying to push as a heel. But we also want, we also want Cody to win and, and kick out of those finishers as well because MJF has put him through hell, and Cody needs to get the victory here. So that made sense, which to me, that was, oh, man, the Moxley, the Moxley-Jericho match was good, too. I have to give it to you. Don't, don't, slow down. Don't get into that. I want, I want, to, I want to chew on this, this uh, MJF deal. All right. MJF-Cody, this match, I wouldn't have changed one thing. It went the way it should have. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the selling. The note I have here is, oh my God, MJF sells better than anybody in the business present day. Right. I've had some time to stew on this and think about it and actually go back and I watch the match over again. You know who MJF looks like to me? Who does he look and like? I know that people might people might get pissy about this, but I don't care. Does he, to me, that's 1988 Ric Flair. Woo! Yeah, he was and even I'm doing the Ric Flair. I'm going to tell you why. He was shuffling like He's, Ric Flair too. He's and you know that was I liked him playing homage. I say that because he's technically sound. He sells. Oh my god, he sells. And at the end of the match, when he saw when this dirty motherfucking heel realized that he had no other alternative, he got on his face and grabbed Cody's boot and begged him, "Please, that no more. I can't so take Flair, anymore." Man. That was so Ric Flair. I can't take anymore. And what does he do? He low blows him. Right. 
Such that a Ric Flair is move. beautiful. That's that is the heel of the company. That is the heel. MJF is the heel of the business. It kind right of now. felt like a dusty flare all over again, too. Oh man, I I couldn't. I had that going in my head the whole time. Like, oh my god, these guys had to have sit down and watch those old matches. I mean, I know Cody. He's got that sear in his brain. That, that's Papa to him. I get it. Uh, but you know that they looked at those old matches and saw and and said, you know what? Why did this work in the eighties? And why can't we make it work now? And I'm so glad they did that because it wasn't a lot even of spot, that spot was there. Even there, that was there a spot lot of where Cody storytelling, don't you think? Say that again. I'm sorry. I was. No, I, was I, I know you're on a thought, but I just wanted to kind of help you out with that too. Is that there wasn't a lot of spot festing wrestling here? It wasn't a lot of jumps and all. twists and turns. And Cody can do those things, by the way. He's capable, but that he was doing more storytelling. And folks, if you want to know what I'm talking about, because I, I I preach the storytelling thing. If you want to know what I'm talking about when I say storytelling, I'm specifically talking about the things in the match that make you either love the babyface or hate the heel. When Cody Rhodes went to super kick Wardlow and he missed and hit Arn Anderson, that is storytelling because now you've grown sympathy for the babyface. When when MJF begs Cody, please, no more. God, I can't take no more. And then he low blows him. It makes you hate that heel even more because now you have a feeling the heel's going to win the match because he's a cheating son of a bitch. Right. And he does. Now that's the story. You f- you rewind back to the the tag match. There's no storytelling. It's spot. Now don't get me wrong. It's entertaining. It's entertaining. But when there's no story, you're not going to carry me as a wrestling fan, a lifelong wrestling fan, into the next night. Make sense? Yep. Now we all know I'm going to. I'm going on Wednesday night. I'm going to Denver. By the time you hear this. I will be on my way to watching AEW Dynamite live in Denver, and I can't freaking wait. Me and my son are going to be getting the Whoppers with cheese and just loving life. <laughs> and the only the biggest reason is because I can't wait to see the story progress. I can't wait to see the fallout of MJF Cody. I can't wait to see our new AEW champion, John Moxley, rub it in the face of that that dastardly heel Jericho and how he's going to say he cheated. No, I can't wait to see that. I'm not excited to see the spot fest. I'm ready to be entertained, but that is not what's putting me in the seat. You know, even with all of that, right? So, so we move along with the, with the match there. It was quiet during the Statlander, uh, Nyla Rose match, just completely quiet. I had no investment in that. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. Need a lot of work. I felt like Nyla Rose needed to retain and she did. So, Kudos to creative keeping Nyla Rose with the belt. That needed to happen. I'm sorry, Statlander fans. Statlander's great. She's she's a little green, but she's she's looking good. She's potential, and I think one day she will be wearing that belt. But Nyla Rose, they need more heel heat. They need to do something with that women's division to build it, and that was they need to keep a heel with the belt. Um, and then moving along, <clears throat> you had um, the freshly squeezed and pack match. I want to spend a little time on this, but not too much because we're, we're running out of time. Um Holy shit, man! I love Orange Cassidy after that match. Now you know that I was a little, a little, a little on edge with this match yesterday before Revolution. I told you that this is a rough match that they could paint themselves into a corner, and I felt like uh, Creative for AEW did a fantastic job figuring it out. And 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 here was my issue: I felt like Pack can't take another loss. He cannot. He's going to lose his heel heat. He's not going to be legitimate anymore. Nobody's going to take him serious. So you can't do that. That's what happened to him in WWE. 
So he could not take a loss to Orange Cassidy. However, this was Orange Cassidy's first singles match. First time anybody outside of the independent circuit, which I have watched him independently, so I knew what he was capable of. But a lot of people, this was the first time watching Orange Cassidy, and you don't want to give him the loss either. But the way they played that out was, is they gave us the potential of a rematch. Something to build on for the next pay-per-view. Because we've seen that Orange Cassidy was not afraid of pack, very capable of wrestling, and he's quick in the ring. And at times, he overwhelmed Pac. And Pac didn't know what the hell to do. So he Pac does what a heel does. He gets desperate and did desperate moves. And then he pinned Orange Cassidy because Orange Cassidy, is, that's his character. He's kind of a sloth wrestler. It worked out perfectly. And then the way they ended it made me feel like there could be a rematch. But also if they don't do that, it also showed me that Orange Cassidy's capable of doing more. So I think it's a win-win. Uh, Pac gets to keep his heel heat. Cassidy's proven wrestler you know why that- can move along. I'm sorry. Do you know? Do you know why that uh, that match went over in my mind? Why is that? Going to church this morning. My son's walking in. He stops right before he walks in, throws his hands straight up in the air, <laughs> and dives them into his pocket as he walks into church. Nice. I'm look, and he is a huge Orange Cassidy fan now. That is the personification. Big word, folks of storytelling and spot fest. Orange Cassidy is the future and they need to start putting him in in a more viable role. I would like to see him do a um to do a, a bit of work with Jericho. I yeah. think that would really polish him. Uh but Orange Cassidy, you know what? I know you've been over on him. I haven't really watched him a whole lot. I just a little bit of AEW. I've seen a little bit of the work he did with Tessa Blanchard. Um good stuff. But I'm over on the guy now because he was able to grab the young generation and make them an AEW fan. That tells me that yes, AEW is going to be around until at least three years because we see the you know we see the uh, the contract extension and TNT wouldn't have done that if they didn't already you know feel that that was going to happen. But this tells me that's going to propel us into the future because now you have an 11 year old boy that is walking into church doing the Orange Cassidy gimmick. Well, that's what I was doing as a kid. You know what I'm saying? I'm walking into buildings as a kid wooing. I'm walking in, you know, strutting my stuff, doing the eating the vitamins thing. And that's what propelled me. So, uh, yeah, I think that the match went went over well. uh, But that that was my big takeaway. Pac, come on. He's a worker. This guy, this guy's amazing. Yeah, I I could go. I could literally go a full episode talking about Pac and how underrated he is and underutilized he is at this point. But the guy's doing his job. Oh, yeah. He's doing his job. He's, he he's getting people over. He sure does. I, and it was nice to see that Orange Cassidy wasn't wrestling another female. It wasn't, you know, him versus Statlander or him versus Kylie Ray or, or Jordan Grace. Like, it was nice to see him actually outside the independent circuit going against a guy like Pac, who's well-established wrestler and could prove he could hold his own in the ring. It was it was fantastic. I, I'm, I'm so glad that's the way they played it. Yeah, me too. You know, and, and thinking speaking of things that uh, – there was two more things I want to talk about tonight that um, that made me pop, first of all, and then made me have a few questions. One, I'm totally pumped that John Moxley is our new champion. It's something that here on the Turnbuckle Report we predicted, and we're very, um, for me at least, I'm, I'm glad Moxley is holding the strap. I think it's time. Um, we all knew that it was going to be just a matter of time. The match was awesome. Yeah, there's a few technical things that we could pick apart. I'm not going to do that because... 
they told a good story, and I'm excited for Wednesday to see how that story is going to continue. Um, oddly, you know, it did make me laugh that Moxley is in the middle of his post-promo. And uh, just to show you how raw this guy can be, he's in the middle of his promo and they start playing his music and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. That's great. I just love that because that's that's what AEW is. AEW is the wrestling for the mature, I guess you could say, or for the adult. Why I say that? As you As you do, you know, as most people do, we have the ability to record our wrestling now. And there's a lot of wrestling content throughout the week. I record, you know, most of my wrestling and just watch it when I can. I try to watch it live when I can. Well, anyway, I'm watching AEW uh, uh, Revolution. I'm pumped. I can't get enough. I said, you know what? I haven't watched SmackDown yet, and I know we're recording. Let me get on SmackDown and see what, what I'm watching here. To go from AEW Revolution to the their, their first pay-per-view of the decade into SmackDown, I felt like I was walking out of a college class and jumping into a preschool class. That is how evident to me SmackDown has become, or WWE in general. Give the exception to NXT. I think they're still riding that edge. But SmackDown, at least, totally the PG era. And it it shows uh, more and more and more. And I think that's one of the things that's, that's uh, making me disengage from the WWE a little more. Uh, you having the same feeling with that? I am. I don't even watch WWE shows live. Um, only show I watch live, and I've said this before, is Dynamite. Yeah. And Power. Yeah. I, you can't really watch Power live, but I will watch NWA Power. 605, Tuesday nights. Yep. And then I watch uh, Dark, and then I watch Dynamite live the next night. But I will watch hours before our podcast, Raw and SmackDown. Hours, just to get the content. Just to get the content, to give us something to talk about. And I use Raw as our punchline. So... Really, it's it's there's nothing on WWE anymore. So this kind of goes back to the fiend, right? So we're happy yep, about man. what John you Moxley. You saw where I was steering this boat. We're happy about John Moxley. Everybody's giving him the pop, right? Um, we're not. They didn't. They didn't bury Jericho, and they didn't bury Moxley. They didn't bury Cassidy. They didn't bury the Bucks. They didn't bury anybody. Nobody got buried. Not even Cody. All right, but guess who nope, did the fiend? Absolutely, the fiend. Yep. Because their creative yep. is bullshit. And the WWE is a dumpster fire. And I've been saying it a lot on our social media. And I am sickened by the fact that this is what's happened to The Fiend. Because when he first came out, I could give two shits about what was happening at AEW while The Fiend was on TV. And now it's flip-flopped. Because I don't know why, what it is about WWE, but they do that. And I think, Leland, you called this, I want to say episode one or two, when we were fresh ourselves into this podcast. You said, mm-hmm. I hate to say this. But it might happen. But I almost have the feel that they could bury the fiend. That's what happens. And I'm going to say, folks, if you haven't figured this out by now, the Turnbuckle Report, we may be just fans of the fans trying to entertain the fans. I think we know what the hell we're talking about. And um, you're right. I think the fiend is going to slowly go away. So while I was thinking about this and and preparing for the show, one of the thoughts I had on this was, what is there? Let me back up. The Fiend is the most credible character that they've created in a long time in the WWE. Right. There was more hype on this guy that, on his debut than any character since, I don't even know. I, I don't even Stone want to try, try to compare him. Maybe Stone maybe. Cold, but Stone Cold, Stone Cold was an organic feel, so I, I don't know. Oh, who, yeah, he came, I, up, he came up very maybe organically. Maybe Ultimate Warrior. Yes. Yeah, he came up natural. Maybe, maybe Ultimate Warrior, yeah, honestly. That, that's pretty good. Um. 
So you got this guy that's being hyped like nobody's business. I went on the WWE shop network or shop.com last night. They are still trying to sell this guy's mask belt for close to $7,000. You have a character that you're trying to sell merchandise to freaking Donald Trump, apparently, but you're burying his ass on TV. Yeah. How does this make sense to anybody? I challenge any WWE loyalists out there to explain this shit to me. And good luck. I'll watch the clock while you try. Right. Can't do it. No, you can't. And it's not me hating the WWE. It's me hating what their creative is turning the beloved WWE, formerly WWF, formerly WWF, what they're taking this lineage. I should draw that out to point out one thing. And WCW, around, my friend. Don't forget. Yeah. Exactly. WCW's in there too. They've been around without the WWE. And I'll give my brother credit for saying this. He said this to me and I kind of rolled my eyes. Without the WWE's history, you do not have wrestling right now. And he's absolutely right. That's why I get pissed off at this this uh, creative direction they go to. The PG era is bullshit and it needs to stop insulting our intelligence. Yeah, I don't even. Where, where are we at now? Where, where are we in the reality era? The new generation? Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. The new the new era. I, I don't even know that they know what they call these things anymore. Um, I don't know either. And it, it seems like to me the eras don't get a name until later on, until people decide they love or hated it. But uh, yeah, the I don't only, know, man. I'm all up. That's the thing too. Like the PG era is bullshit. It's going to go down in history as the worst era. Um, along and and that's good too because the new generation era was getting a lot of shit for a lot of years. Thank God for the PG era because now now it makes the new generation era look like it was one of the most beloved of all time with Bret Hart holding yeah. the belt and Stone. Uh, I'm sorry, with uh, Shawn Michaels and those those mm-hmm. those days. You know how do, how does that happen? You go from that to this, and it's just like what the fuck? What is WWE See, I would doing? Love to do an episode, and and we need to jot this down. I'd love to do a series um, on on generations, and because the the June generation era that you talk about. I mean, Bret Hart. I regard Bret Hart as my uh, favorite WWE champion of all time. So I'd love to discuss that further. But um, yeah, next dark episode, know, maybe we'll maybe we'll throw that down. Absolutely, I think we should do a dark series. Folks, get involved in our fa- on our social media. Let us know what you think. I'm always putting that plug out there. Um, if you don't like what we see, got to say, tell us why, tell us why Yeah, we need if you content. like what we got to say, then, then drop a, drop a like and tell some friends, regardless, we have a great thing going here. We want to continue that. Uh, we just, we just love, what we do. And I think that comes through. So with that folks, whether you heal, whether you're baby face, you do you baby. 